My name is Shorsha Dunbar and I'm your host. Thank you so much for joining me for episode 27 of the Adventure Games podcast. This week I am joined by Charlotte Sutherland of Cave Monster Studios as she talks to me about her new game Lord Winklebottom Investigates and what we can expect from this game when it is released in 2020. But first, let's get to the adventure game news, and we start with Beyond the Steel Sky. IGN.com has more details about this game. They have a gameplay trailer where we can see Robert Foster as he talks to characters and uh, resolve some puzzles, and we can also hear a bit of their interview with the developer Charles Cecil as he talks in more detail about the plot and puzzles and what we can expect from the game. IGN also have an article where they talk more about the game as well. And not to be outdone, Revolution Studios also had their own trailer of the game released just a few days ago. And in this trailer, they mentioned that this is their most ambitious adventure game to date. And from what I can see, it's hard to disagree. So still no release date yet, but I will reveal more as soon as we find out more. And elsewhere, another game in a classic series is Siberia. And Microids have announced a new Siberia game. So this game is Siberia The World Before. Now, we still don't know very much. There are no screenshots or trailers or release date. But what Microids has said is that this journey will take us across continents and through time periods to experience a journey rooted in the turmoil and tragedies of the 20th century. And in this game, we also follow the adventures of Kate Walker as she deals with a new investigation. And the game will also have a dreamlike, snowy and enigmatic landscapes as well as endearing and extravagant characters. So, as soon as we get more details about this, we will of course reveal it on this podcast. Next, The Suicide of Rachel Foster, which is from developers Red Doll, and which will be published by Didalic. And, first glance, this seems to be combination of Firewatch and The Shining, although the developer says that this is not really a horror, The story is you come back to the family hotel after years being away and you play as a strong-willed woman who finds herself trapped with a ghost from her past and a cellular telephone as the only way to unveil a terrible truth. The bad weather crossing Montana is amassing all the characteristics of an atypical storm. The bad turn is proving worse than expected. What is this, a joke? Hello? My name is uh, Irving Crawford. I'm calling to assist you during your stay at the hotel. I know you didn't want to go to your father's funeral, but now the hotel is entirely your property. Maybe you gained weight. (laughs) It's called growing up. Didn't think I still remembered all these little things. 
I left this place ten years ago. I had no idea I would have to come back here. Storm is dying down. You'll be able to leave soon and go back to your life. The day that the body was discovered, she was nine weeks pregnant. Who is this? I need to figure out what's going on here. You think he did this? Still no release date yet announced for this game, but Rock Paper Shotgun have more details about the game, and they also feature an interview with the game developer Lorenzo Bellincampi. Next, from the developers of the Inner Worlds series, Studio Fizzpin have announced their new game called Minute of Islands. In this game, you play as Mo a skilled tinkerer in an unstable world. It is a mysterious land formed not only by humans but also by inscrutable giants. Giant kind all but vanished since, leaving behind otherworldly tech deeply entwined with the islands themselves, and in desperate need of maintenance. Now, an almost forgotten threat must be kept at bay. Mo is on a quest to become a hero, but is this truly what she needs? So, in this game you wield your wand-like omni-switch throughout story-based environmental puzzle and platform gameplay, and you unravel an emotional poetic story, and this game is set to be released in Spring 2020. And finally, Groundhog Day is getting a sequel. Yes, that's right, but it's not a movie, it is a VR adventure game. So Groundhog Day, like Father Like Son, is a virtual reality narrative adventure game that takes place in the world of the film Groundhog Day. In this game, players assume the role of Phil Connors Jr., the son of Phil Connors from the iconic film, who returns to Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania, only to become trapped in a time loop, just as his father once was. Players will solve puzzles and explore the world introduced by the film as they try to break out of this time loop. Bill, it's ceremony time. You ready to record your vlog? What up guys? Glass Half Filled here, standing in my old hometown, Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania. I wake up every day right here in Punxsutawney and it's always the day before Groundhog Day. And there's... Nothing I can do about it. There you are, sweetheart. Good morning. There's my mom, Rita. Little known fact, she's actually won a ton of awards for producing local TV, like best documentary no one's watched. Did you wake up on the wrong side of the bed? Come take a look at the espresso machine. I can't make it work. I used to think I knew my brother. Until today. The one day I get stuck at home is the day Jake decided to be an angry, miserable son of a bing. <laughs> There's that classic Connor's dry wit. You all know Ned Ryerson. I know, many of you look at him and say, wow, a guy so relentlessly positive, he probably still thinks his flip phone is cool. 
Was it great or was it great? Or was it great? Impress me. Internet, you're in for a real treat. This is Sarah, my ex. Whatever. Making a mess. That's right, I'm back in my hometown and taking you with me. Sorry, not sorry. This game is co-produced by Sony Pictures Virtual Reality and it is set to launch on September 17th, 2019 on Sony PlayStation VR, Oculus Rift and HTC Vive. And that's it for Adventure Game News this week. And so now before I get to the interview, when I spoke with Charlotte, it was a couple of months ago. And there's a couple of extra things that I will let people know before we get to the interview. We'll talk more detail about them afterwards. But the Kickstarter is over, but you can still pledge for this game if you wish. And I will include the links, the show notes as well. And this game will also be released on PS4. So, here is my interview with the developer Charlotte Sutherland, but first, here's a trailer of the game. Please enjoy. Nothing to be done for the poor fellow until we drain the water, I fear. We shall have to get him out of there if I'm to do an autopsy. Can't very well determine the cause of death just by gulping at him through the glass, you know. Sounds of the Sea featuring Periwinkle Flange and the Crustaceans. Um, oh, oh my, how awfully embarrassing. I do hope that wasn't an important clue. This is Gilfrey on his wedding day. He was utterly devoted to Ethelberta. It was so sad when she passed away. Terrible business, just terrible. Good lord, it's an abomination. My word, what an astounding adventure that was, eh, Frumpel? Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the Adventure Games Podcast. I am with Charlotte Sutherland of the Cape Monsters. Hello, Charlotte, how are you? Hello, thanks very much for having me. Um, I'm good, thanks. thanks. How are you? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Thank you so much for joining me. I've been meaning to talk to you. For, for a while now, since I first heard of your game, which we will discuss now in this interview. And uh, so uh, first I was wondering if you could introduce yourself and let us know what your favourite adventure games are. Uh, well, I'm Charlotte Sutherland, um, and my first adventure game that I ever played is, is still one of my favourites. It's The Curse of Monkey Island. Um, so that was when I first got a PC, um, and I just loved the humour in it, really. Uh, and like who doesn't love pirates anyway so um yeah i've just kind of i've always loved to revisit like the monkey island series um and then grim fandango sort of after that would be um another one of my favorites um because i i just love the the kind of the darkness to it as well and the style and again the humor so it seems to be like most of the lucas art stuff i just love the humor in them that kind of gothic element too um uh, sorry, uh, to Grim Fandango as well. I just, I just love that. 
And going through to like the newer ones, I'd say um, I know not everybody kind of classes it as like a proper adventure game, but I do love the Telltale Walking Dead series. Oh, yeah. Um, also like Dark Side Detective and stuff. So it's I know obviously Walking Dead doesn't have like much humour in it, but I just love the story <laughs> and like the atmosphere and, and stuff in those. And also the art style. It seems to be the art style sort of is a big thing for me as well. I, I do love sort of stuff and it looks a bit different. Yes, yeah, so I'm actually currently replaying the Telltale Walking Dead games. Just I do kind of like, you know, an episode a week, kind of like in a TV series. Mm, so I'm, mm. I'm playing like an episode every kind of Sunday if I can, mm. which is kind of, you know, really nice. And it's, uh, yeah, I, I would definitely consider them adventure games. I know we could have a long discussion about that. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I would definitely, because I think, you know, while there mightn't be traditional puzzles, there are choices mm. which are which I kind of feel like are puzzles because they're difficult choices to make. Mm, mm. So, yeah, yeah, just playing through the, the like the final sort of chapter at the moment. So, um, yeah, I, I don't want any spoilers. <laughs> 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 so I haven't finished it yet. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I still have to play. That's that's why I'm actually replaying the Telltale because it's been years since I played uh, season one and season two. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to play through all the seasons uh, together and then up to the final. Uh, season but it's I have had to be patient because you know sometimes I've been wanting to binge play but I think no I'll, I'll take my time with them like it like a TV series and enjoy them yeah and, yeah uh, I, I kind of get into that habit of of wanting to binge play stuff as well so you just end up kind of doing it quite late at night you don't realize the time and stuff I know yeah I know I try to take you know a point you know 10 p.m and then read a book or something yeah. <laughs> because then I find I can't sleep. So. No, it doesn't work for me that way. I just end up sort of looking oh, at the clock minute and then it's it's like one o'clock or something. Oh, yeah, no, it happens to me as well. You know, say, no, cut off time, time limit, and then, oh, this this new game. Oh, it's just, what, one hour, two hours? I'll start, and then three hours later, I'm still playing. <laughs> so, so, um, so, okay, and then... Now you've set up your company Cave Monsters to make this this game that uh, was recently successful on Kickstarter. But before you set up the company, according to your page, you worked on other games as well. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, I've sort of been working since like 2007 in games. Um, so I started off um, as an animator, and I was working on like Lego Star Wars games and Batman and Indiana Jones and. Um, I've always been an animator in games, so it's more like the art-based side of stuff. Um, and then I went on to EA, so I was working at, on uh, uh, it was Harry Potter um, and Deathly Hallows Part 1, which um, I know sort of it isn't a favourite amongst a lot of people. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> um, then I moved on to... Rare and Connect Sports, and I've just kind of been around a few different places really. And uh, the last sort of big company that I was at was Zumo Digital, um, and I went there to work on uh, the Doctor Who adventure games. And, oh, very nice. Yeah, I was on the, uh, the Doctor Who and the Gunpowder plot, um, which yeah, I was really sort of excited to sort of be working on that. It was a really nice project as well, and it was a really small team. It's only about sort of probably about 10 people in house or something sort of working on that at the time. So it was, it was a nice little kind of intimate project and stuff oh, on that oh, one. Cool. And were you yeah. an animator on, on that game? Yes. Yeah. I was an animator on that one. Um, 
uh, met my husband actually on that one as well because he was the lead programmer on <laughs> the oh, Doctor Who. Nice. <laughs> he, he was yeah, he was he was the lead programmer on all the Doctor Who adventure games. Um, and uh, and then after that one finished, because I was hoping to do more of those, but the um, the BBC sort of I think changed their mind because that was all. Um, I, I think it had it had like Charles Cecil as um, um, one of the. I don't know if it's his executive producer or if it was producer, mm. but um, yeah, one of the um, sort of people that was kind of working on that. Um, and uh, but after that, I was working on uh, Sonic and All Stars Racing and Little Big Planet Free. So it was kind of um, going back away from the adventure games again and just doing sort of animation for sort of platformer style things and racing games. So, um, but I. I, I obviously didn't get a chance to sort of do my own work then because like a lot of the time if when you're working at big companies, you're not allowed to kind of do stuff really due to contracts and stuff. So um, I sort of decided to go into teaching sort of part time because that way you're actually allowed to kind of continue doing a lot of your own work. So um, that was kind of the only way that I could kind of pursue doing sort of my own projects i wanted to do as well as sort of get outside payment <laughs> from somewhere so it's kind of nice to sort of be teaching alongside sort of doing your own work um sort of part-time so that was quite a nice sort of opportunity for me so i'm sort of working at sheffield hallam university on the games design course um i've still been doing that part-time at the moment um because i'm an associate lecturer there and it just it gives you kind of quite a bit more freedom then to, to sort of work on your own projects as well so that's sort of what's allowed me to to kind of you know work on Lord Winklebottom investigates. So. Right, right, yeah. So it's, 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 it sounds like you've had a very varied career, Dan. You've worked on yeah, different types of bit, games. Yeah, yeah. It's been quite a mixture, really, sort of across the years. Um, yeah, it's always been animation based. Um, I mean, some of it's obviously a bit more technical as well because you are using like the engines and stuff. So I've sort of learned a lot throughout the years as well. Um, and it's the sort of stuff you pick up sort of as you go along, some of the, the technical aspects of it. Because um, obviously when you're first new to it, it's just purely about the animation and you're then you're learning sort of the engines as you go through and stuff. So it's it's helped a lot sort of with preparing you for what's needed, really, sort of for, for working on your own game. <laughs> right, yeah. So, so now after working all of these games for these companies, you, you feel that now the, t- the time is right to you know work on your own game? Yeah, well, I, I kind of... It's some of the games that I'd be a question, on, but <laughs> you know, some of the games I'd worked on sort of I, I kind of just lost a bit of interest in and I it's some of them weren't the sort of games that I'd play either. Um so it's it's the sort of thing where you, you kind of want to work on something you'd like to actually play yourself, you know. <laughs> um which I know obviously you're not gonna get the same enjoyment from playing it because you've made it and you know kind of what's gonna be happening in it and stuff, but it's the sort of game like adventure games of, of been sort of what I've enjoyed sort of throughout the years so you know um it's nice to work on something that that is your own idea and you've got more sort of creative input into it as well sort of um that, that's just the thing when, when you're working on sort of things where it's like potentially some in-game animations you are doing a lot of just cycles and stuff so each day is a bit repetitive and you know you like I said you can't necessarily work on your own stuff outside of sort of working at the companies and stuff so it's 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 kind of one or the other really and I was just starting to get a little bit little bit bored of some of it I think after doing it for about 10 years so um right. yeah I yeah. Wanted, wanted a bit of a change 
Well, that's, that's perfectly understandable. There's a, a lot of people who feel like that, you know, because I have asked other developers, you know, uh, you know, to work independently and who kind of like work very hard to get funding and to basically live <laughs> just because yeah. some of them are full-time uh, adventure game developers. And I asked them, I said, would you prefer to work for a bigger company and have more kind of money uh, or continue working on your own? And I think all of them said, no, no, I'm happy with what I'm doing. <laughs> so, yeah. so, you know, I think there's something about working on your own creation and, you know, that everything that, you know, in your case with uh, Lord Winklebottom Investigates, which we will talk about now shortly, that this is, you know, your own creation completely. Mm. So, Yeah, you get a lot more sort of freedom on it then. It's, it's sort of nice to be involved in all aspects as well because mm-hmm. obviously you can sort of, you know, deal with other teams, team members and, and stuff, so like other disciplines. So you sort of know roughly what goes into it when you're working on bigger projects, but I just I've always preferred smaller sort of more little intimate projects and like I said with the gunpowder plot one it was a very small team so you kind of know what each other's doing on the project and it's just it's more enjoyable and it's a bit more sort of I suppose family based in a way because you you sort of know the other people on it whereas if you're working on a massive project like there could potentially be like you know potentially I don't know nearly 100 or something people working on it and you don't know who everybody is and it yeah, it's it's nicer to just be sort of you know on a smaller smaller project where you're kind of more in control as well, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. You know, I'm the same. Yeah. When I work for uh, you know smaller teams or for smaller companies, uh, mm. that's you know find okay, you can kind of you want to kind of do more. Mm, yeah. More kind of more motivated generally. So, um, so then wh- when did you start the studio? Then uh, Cave Monsters. When did you f- first start it? Um, well, I I started sort of working under that name uh, was a couple of years ago, but then I only just kind of um, registered it as like a limited sort of company um, uh, earlier this year because um, I knew sort of I'd be needing to sort out funding and stuff. So I was kind of putting off the registering the company until it got to the point where I'd definitely be needing sort of funding and sort of financial stuff because I, I obviously didn't want the confusion of it going into like your own bank account so you need to keep stuff separate really and and things so keeping it as a, like a separate entity then um and uh but yeah I so I, I was just holding off sort of making it into a limited company until I sort of needed to really but I yeah I just started working sort of under that name because I know it's Cave Monsters, but I'd, I'd like to get sort of it as a bigger company, like to potentially grow it later on, you know, if possible. Um, so uh, that's why it's Cave Monsters rather than Cave Monster. <laughs> 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 but um, the um, so I I did like a little mobile game as a bit of a test, and um, that was just it wasn't like a narrative game; it was just little mobile games, just to make sure I could go through the whole process of, of getting everything up and running and actually capable of doing sort of a whole game on my own and um that worked out okay um i didn't want to spend much money on that or anything though so i didn't i didn't pay for advertisements or anything like that i just um it it was just like really sort of minimal budget on that and i just wanted to go through the process and i wasn't expecting it to make a load of money back or anything so which it hasn't because <laughs> uh, uh, i suppose it's also because of not advertising really but it was just like a normal little casual mobile game. Um, but uh, um, I was using that as a test run because I'd been wanting to work on like 
Lord Winklebottom stuff for a while because I um it's a bit of a weird sort of startup really of how I started to come up with the idea of Lord Winklebottom because I I bought a Microsoft Surface <laughs> and I just started to draw like digitally again because um, I I hadn't drawn for a little while and um I just I find it a bit jarring when you're drawing on like a you know a, a tablet like a sort of Wacom tablet um and it's not kind of on the screen so there's like a hand-eye coordination thing I prefer it if you can draw directly on the screen and I just started to do like a, a series of paintings um just because like well we, we go to the zoo a lot on stuff and <laughs> just got kind of always like been interested in animals and stuff so I started to do like a series of like fancy animal drawings and he was like the first one that I did which was just a giraffe like with a top hat and monocle and a pipe and he was just looking really snooty and just came up with like you know some funny names for them and and stuff and we were watching a lot of sort of Agatha Christie things at the time and and like Sherlock Holmes films like the old ones with Basil Rathbone in and and it all kind of just progressed from there that I thought the story would work quite well with those. And it, it just took a little while before I kind of came up the the full idea, but I knew it would work sort of as a adventure game because obviously you can get quite a lot of narrative in there. Um, so that's kind of like how Lord Winklebottom, yeah, how Lord Winklebottom <laughs> was born. <laughs> no, very nice. And uh, and then just before we talk about the game, uh, how did you come up with the name Cave Monsters? <laughs> it's a very original title. <laughs> um, well, uh, it was kind of like a bit of a um, an older title, really. But like, because um, previously, sort of, uh, there were some friends that were going to sort of be using it um, years ago to, to sort of make up a game studio. And just like the idea that, you know, you're kind of stuck in a little <laughs> room. So you're pretty much just like, you know, stuck in a little cave and stuff. Um, and like I, I I sort of liked the name and I was kind of like trying to sort of um, come up with uh, some logos and stuff um, because like, they were quite happy for me to sort of use it because they, they weren't progressing with it and stuff. So it wasn't like necessarily my, <laughs> my idea to come up with the name, but I, I kind of was allowed to, to sort of borrow it <laughs> from uh, from some friends that were kind of hoping to originally set up a company. But, yeah, that, that kind of fell through for them, so they were quite happy to sort of lend it to me. <laughs> but, yeah, I'd liked, I'd liked the name for quite a while, though, sort of um, just like the idea of being stuck in, you know. Okay. Okay, <laughs> doing doing work. <laughs> not, yeah, not really, venturing, yeah, not venturing out much into the world, so you just kind of, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I, I can just picture now like a cave, like with monsters, like drawing in a cave now. <laughs> that, you know, doing these like cavemen drawing. <laughs> yeah, it was just because like all the work that I do is just from like a small little spare bedroom kind of. It's, it's well, it sort of was, would have been a spare bedroom, but it's just a little office. So it's a little box room. So, so that, that's kind of my office and or like cave. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I would yeah. like to sort of, you know, potentially grow it at some point and kind of like get a proper office and stuff. Um, but um, yeah, so yeah, I can't, I can't sort of say that I came up with the the name myself, but I was, I was sort of, you know, allowed to use it through, through friends and stuff. But that's kind of the, <laughs> that is the whole idea behind it, though, is that it's like, you know, just 
you know, turn little monsters kind of in a cave doing work and sort of not going out into daylight. Well, I think it's kind of very, you know, kind of, I'm not calling you a monster, but kind of suitable, like working in a cave. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so you borrow the name the, the same way adventure game characters borrow items that are not nailed down to the ground. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't allowed to. It wasn't like, a, you know. Yeah, with, with, with permission. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I know. Just, just, just curious because it's a very original yeah. title. So, and I, I like, I like it myself. You know, it's very, <laughs> it's very memorable. Anyway, it's very catchy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, so then you mentioned a little bit how the game got started, you know, in in your mind, and how you started working on it. So, I, I was wondering for people who haven't heard about it, uh, could you tell us a little bit about the uh, story and the setup of the game? Yeah. Um, so, uh, Lord Winklebottom uh, investigates. It's about a giraffe detective, which I know sounds a bit odd. Uh, <laughs> it's a, it's like a dapper 1920s giraffe detective. Um, so he's a bit like Sherlock Holmes and he's got a companion uh, called Dr. Frumple, who's very much like a Dr. Watson style character. And uh, you've been invited to an isolated island, uh, which is the, the home of your old school friend, uh, Admiral Gilfrey. And you get there to find out he's been murdered and you're not sure sort of how it's happened. He's basically floating in his internal tubing system in his house because he's an axolotl. So, so he has got, he's got a, a sort of like amphibious sort of setup for his home. Uh, and um, there's a lot of other dinner guests that were there. Um, you're all going to end up being stuck on the Island because there's a storm that's, that's come along. So, yeah, you're all stuck on this little island. You can't get off, and it's up to you to sort of solve the mystery and figure out what's happened, who's done, who's done the the, uh, the deed, and um, so it's a little standalone kind of mystery, really. Um, yeah. Set in the 1920s, but obviously a slightly different version of the 1920s. <laughs> with, with animals instead of people. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, I think uh, well, I've just been watching David Attenborough's Our Planet, and I just keep thinking, wow, the world would be a lot better place, I think, with animals instead of people. <laughs> but yes. Yeah. <laughs> because they don't go around destroying the world. So anyway. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, no, it sounds great. You know, it definitely sounds. Uh, or original, you know, I've never played a game as a giraffe. <laughs> I, can, <laughs> I, I can say so. I, it, it sounds that um, you know from the story that it's it's inspired by, and and then there were none by Agatha Christie in particular. Would you say that that's? And you mentioned yes. Sherlock Holmes as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, and then there were none is kind of I'd say the main Agatha Christie that I'm going for, especially with the the whole setting of the island and you know there's just a, all the murder suspects are kind of stuck on that area. Um, so there's no no escape really for anyone. Um, so is, uh, I'm hoping to get across that sort of you know foreboding kind of aspect of you know just not knowing who's doing what. You can't trust anybody. Um, just you know stuck on a little isolated island somewhere in the, the sort of somewhere off of the British Isles, <laughs> sort of nondescript sort of area at the moment. And um, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm trying to. That, that was kind of like a big influence for me. And then there were none. Um, Sherlock Holmes sort of comes into it with the the whole um, dynamic between the characters because um, Lord Winklebottom is more like the the Sherlock character, and then you've got Doctor Frumple, 
as a companion hippo uh, so he's he's going to be there as a bit of a hint system as well that's something that sort of i need to kind of implement more from the, the demo because i had it in slightly sort of for the demo um but he's going to be you can ask him some extra questions and stuff so and he can potentially like then provide you with some clearer hints if you do get a bit stuck always nice to have some hints <laughs> yeah but it, I, I wanted it to be that kind of thing where you don't you know need to have you know you know you don't sort of you, they're not going to be forced upon you so you've got to keep asking similar to like the thimbleweed park kind of where you've got to call up the number and just keep going through the the options until you kind of pretty much told what you've got to do so right. yeah I, I didn't want it i didn't want it to kind of put people off by having really clear hints so it's, it's the kind of thing where you've got to sort of potentially keep asking before you you'll get like a proper you know full-blown sort of explanation or hints of what to do so right so it's it's, it's, yeah. kind, you know, it's kind of like you know you first of all and just kind of give you a gentle nudge yes yeah or if it's a if it's a hippo then you know, a, a big push <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so I was, I was sort of thinking that might be like a, a nice way to implement like a hint system um because i did like the way that thimbleweed park did it sort of with the phone call but I, don't, I just don't think it would work obviously for that style um of game sort of that i'm doing and i think the whole the whole sort of dynamic because obviously you can talk to he's someone that you can kind of bounce ideas off of and you can just generally chat to in the scene um so he's, he's just kind of works i think as as like a little a little bit of a dynamic between the characters so i think i think hopefully you can get across that it's like a sherlock and watson <laughs> kind of dynamic um i've been trying to go for that slightly more um uh i don't know if you've seen any of the old uh basil rathbone sherlock yes, yes i did a few years ago <laughs> yeah um the like the Nigel Bruce kind of character sort of for Watson where he's a little bit dopey <laughs> as it goes like he's a, so I sort of I kind of wanted um sort of Dr. Frumple to just be you know he seems like he probably shouldn't be a doctor because he's a little bit you know dopey and <laughs> sort of with different different aspects and stuff so you know you, it's clearer who the, the sort of you know the most intelligent one is out of the two <laughs> Yeah, you certainly wouldn't want him to be a doctor. <laughs> and from, from what you're saying then, from the, the trailer, which uh, I'm guessing that the tone, as well as being a murder mystery, uh, it's, I'm guessing a, quite a bit of it is comedic. Would, would that be right, or is that just a part of it? Um, well, I, I would like to sort of get um, like a, a weird sort of, I suppose, kind of British comedy to it. Um, <laughs> so I watch quite a lot of sort of old-style um like British comedies, um, and uh, yeah, I'd kind of like to get sort of not potentially like completely in your face humour, but just sort of you know, I would like to keep it humorous, but obviously still keep the sort of darker undertones and stuff to it, uh, with the murder mystery aspect and and stuff. So um, yeah, not not completely sort of you know full of puns and stuff like that. Because I have had some people like ask me if there's going to be a lot more puns in it, but I. I kind of, I don't know. I kind of, I kind of wanted to keep it, you know, a little more subtle, but you know, not not right. too. Intense, but yeah, it's, it's, it's I know, like humor is obviously a bit subjective and stuff as well. Um, I didn't want it to be a kind of, you know, one-liner thing. I kind of wanted it to be a bit more sort of involved and, um, you know, 
slightly more sort of old style British humour, I suppose, in a way, <laughs> rather than like one liners and, and stuff. So, yeah, um, I, I imagine that the, a lot of the humour might be with the surroundings, you know, that there are animals investing a murder mystery on an, on an isolated island during a storm. So, animals that can talk, you know, that they're, you don't need it because he's mentioned in your face or puns, just that it might, you might get like, go, oh, look, this is, you know, kind of, because I imagine if there's animals that act, do, do they act kind of like animals? Because I, I saw in the trailer the giraffe eats a plant, and yes, he said, oh, I hope yeah. that was an important clue. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I am, I am sort of, I am sort of intending on getting like the animal traits coming out of the characters. So, <laughs> so it's not just purely like sort of, you know, they're just humans, but with, you know, they just look like animals. They're, they're actually going to be sort of acting like, you know, their natural instincts and stuff as well. So, yeah, there's going to be certain things that, like, certain characters will do, like for him, like, eating random plants and, <laughs> and stuff. And, you know, just, yeah, I am hoping to sort of, like, because obviously with the demo, it's it's quite short. So you can't necessarily, like, put everything into into the demo in that way. But, um, yeah, I, yeah, they are going to have, like, the character sort of animal traits and, and stuff. So, yeah, different characters will sort of act in different ways and and stuff. It's the kind of thing where you don't really want to give too much away, I suppose. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I don't know if you can answer this, but will there be kind of like rivalries from the animals based on, so say if, uh, I don't know, a, a lion and a zebra, that, <laughs> you know, the lion, does he say like, oh, I, you know, I'll eat you if you if you're not night or something. I, I don't know. Is there anything like that? Or are you going away from um, that? Well, I am sort of trying to kind of go for that because, um, in the in the demo, um, I've got. Um, I know it's a bit it's a bit odd, but it's it's like as if um, Doctor Frumple is kind of um, prejudiced against inverse braids. Because <laughs> 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 you find that as a slug gardener, and he's just like you know saying about oh they make my skin crawl and stuff, and he just doesn't like them and. <laughs> and stuff and so it's like a bit of a the kind of weird <laughs> i know that like hippos and stuff it doesn't you know that that's nothing in, from real life but it's just trying to get across a weird sort of you know kind of point of view <laughs> you know not all <laughs> questions get on with each other um right yeah um, and also sort of there's a letter which um is a little bit long in the demos which i'll be sort of changing um because uh, it's not going to have the same puzzles in exactly. You know, it's, the demo isn't like a slice of the gameplay as such. It's more like a little standalone just thing to give you an idea. But there's a letter in the demo where it says about one of the expeditions that Admiral Gilfrey went on, because he's supposed to be a bit of an explorer as well. Um, one of the, the guides um, on the expedition sort of at one of the other guides. <laughs> so they were sort of down a man because, because like, he yeah, one was eaten by a different guide. So... Yeah, there there is a, a lot more kind of animal sort of instinct and sort of people kind of you know being prejudiced against. Well, I, I keep saying people, but they're animals, obviously, but <laughs> uh, being like prejudiced against other ones and stuff. So yeah, there there is going to be some, some of that going on. In it. Okay, yeah, I can imagine that there is a lot of potential, you know, for uh, for this because there are different types of animals. So yeah, <laughs> and I imagine there would be like that, you know, if you know, like people, you know, we we have prejudices as well. So. Okay. <laughs> and and then I I believe I read somewhere as well that another one of your inspirations was uh, the old Hammer horror movies. Is that still the case as well, or or am I yes. completely off? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to go for, like, a bit of a Hammer Horror and Universal sort of horror vibe. 
to it, um, which like without giving away any spoilers and stuff, like it would be coming to it be kind of gradual thing that kind of progresses throughout the story, sort of. So because uh, yeah, it's it's going to be something else that kind of crops up. So there's different things going on on the island that you know, it's like other than the murder mystery, um, sort of some other creepy things going on, which. Yeah, I, don't, I just don't want to give away, really. Of course, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's not it's not just completely a sort of you know one plot sort of thing. There are sort of subplots and stuff on there, and um, yeah, it, so it'll get creepier as it goes along, <laughs> and trying oh, to get yeah. that sort of wide from the old uh, well like Hammer horror and sort of Universal horror sort of. Um, I'm a big fan of like the old Universal horrors like um, uh, Invisible Man and stuff. And I quite like that sort of slightly prim and proper kind of style horror you know <laughs> uh, i don't know if you've seen like the old invisible man um with uh uh claude rains in i'm not sure but it, uh, from, from what you said it sounds interesting and I think yeah it's, it, it's kind of it's it's i don't know they seem quite classy <laughs> it's got mm. a sort of he's, he's like yeah the invisible man wearing like a smoking jacket and <laughs> and uh it's just like gradually going mad and, and stuff. And it's it's just kind of, um, yeah, there's there's just a few aspects from those sort of things as well that I want to get into it as well as like those sort of old style British like Hammer Horror stuff. Not not before the Hammer Horror started to go into that kind of really 70s thing though, you know, where it was kind of just sort of, I don't know, women of the Amazon and stuff. Where, yeah, <laughs> that, that kind of stuff, but like the, the kind of more kind of what you class as like classic sort of old styles and, you know, you know, Dracula sort of stuff. Yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so, well. yeah. It's kind of, I know it sounds a bit of a weird mashup, but <laughs> <laughs> no, but so, it's, it's it sounds good, like a very eclectic mix, mix rather with Agatha Christie and Sherlock Holmes, and meets kind of like uh, you know Hammer Horror, maybe a bit of Monty Python here. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of gradually sort of getting darker and darker as the story progresses. And yeah, <laughs> I know that that sounds kind of. You know, interesting, because imagine that our first reaction might be to, you know, laugh maybe with these characters that are acting like humans, but then once we kind of get used to them and want to mm. care for them, that then, you know, we, and it gets creepier and creepier, as you say, we really don't want anything to happen to them. <laughs> that's yes, because, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because also it's a, funny with, with animals, you know, because I'm watching the Walking Dead series as well, and, you know, people die and are eaten and killed and nobody says anything but as soon as a horse is killed now not really but you know that horse in yeah. the show is killed uh, people mm-hmm. go no not the horse and, yes. well of course it's horrible but then people are being killed all the time and we yeah. seem to care more for animals than. <laughs> yeah I think yeah it's, it's that kind of thing where I've always kind of um, I, I mean, I've just always been a big animal lover and stuff and mm-hmm. I don't know it, I don't know if it sounds odd but you can kind of emphasize sometimes more with, with yeah. animals and so, I don't know you feel sorry for animals more and, no, absolutely. Uh, yeah so yeah this is that kind of thing where I've I've just I've always found stuff a bit more interesting sort of like because I've just always been interested in sort of animals anyway since like as a kid and always had like pets and stuff or, or mm. love going to the zoo and things so um yeah and I, I don't know I think I think it feels like there's a bit more of a connection I don't know I suppose it depends on if you're an animal lover generally and stuff but you know, so when you see animal characters and stuff like that, it's, you know, it does feel like a bit more, I suppose, an emotional collection or something rather than, mm. like you said, just like human being 
bitten by a zombie or something in, in The Walking Dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, definitely. No, well, I'm look, looking forward to, to learning more. And so then with regards to the gameplay, so it, is it point and click then, typical point and click adventure? Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to sort of streamline it a bit so you're not necessarily having to walk around from object to object. Because um, I know sometimes, like, people occasionally find that frustrating depending on what it is. Um, um, so um, also being a giraffe is going to be quite massive in the scene. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's going to be a mixture of, like, so sometimes it's, like, first person and then occasionally, like, third person. But you won't necessarily be kind of so. I don't know. It, like if you play the demo, so in the drawing room sort of scene, like it's kind of a bit more third person. But then once it goes into the orangery, it's like a a third person. So you can see him in the scene, but okay. you don't need, you don't need to walk over to stuff to interact with it. You can just use the mouse pointer to sort of go around the scene and sort of have a look um, and pick stuff up. So you don't need to necessarily be like close to the object or walk back and forth across the scene to to combine things right yeah no that that makes sense yeah so um, it's, it's yeah it's, i thought it would be sort of a bit more streamlined and you know also sort of it would work better with him being like a you know a massive sort of <laughs> mammal <laughs> sort of in, in a scene so in the orangery scene he's kind of like just like crouched down because he wouldn't actually physically fit in the orangery so it's just like his neck and stuff sticking in there and and things and uh so yeah i'm trying i'm trying to sort of make it apparent that it's a bit sort of absurd in the way that you know how, how do these sort of different animals fit into these buildings and stuff <laughs> <laughs> yeah well yeah you know maybe the buildings are, are have been built to fit in these animals <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah but, so, uh, so I, I thought like, that streamlined sort of point and click in space would, would sort of help with that as well okay um, and also just save any frustrations of having to kind of walk back and forth between different areas too much, you know. Right, yeah. And then with regard to the, well, puzzle, shall we say. So imagine being a detective that you have to, shall we say, to uncover clues, you know, to inspect the environment. Or So what, what can you tell us about the, well, the type of puzzles that we can see in the game? Um, well, Without giving anything away, of course. Yeah, that's kind of the awkward thing about giving stuff away. <laughs> uh, it's it's going to be like a mixture of like investigation. So um, you are going to be kind of questioning people um, and also combining items. Um, so it's it's sort of hard to kind of give stuff <laughs> to talk about uh, it. Yeah, really. yeah, okay. Um, I mean, I mean, obviously the demos of on 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 sort of itch and stuff at the moment itch.io so um and it was linked off of the kickstarter page but um so you can kind of question like for instance the like the the old sea dog that's in the demo so you can question him um but he doesn't give much away obviously in the demo and stuff but uh you can then find out stuff about him and then use objects in the scene to work against that to, to sort of use against him so it's a bit of a mixture of puzzles. So you can use items, obviously, with items, which is pretty basic and standard, but you can use things against some of the, the people to potentially kind of, you know, freak them out a bit and, and stuff. Right, yeah. And, um, and also there will be sort of options for, like, combining different things to make new new items and stuff. It's, it's just a bit hard to explain sort of 
yeah, we... without giving anything away. Yeah. No, 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 that, that's fair. That's yeah. uh, so. So, uh, so yeah, and so, so I, I like you know what you say that how you use like different types of puzzles, you know, for the the, the interview as well. That you use kind mm-hmm. of you know item together and then use it with the character to try and get them to reveal what they know. So that that mm-hmm. kind of sounds that the puzzles are with the story as well, that they're, they're not arbitrary, that they're not like, where, where did this come from? <laughs> yeah, no, I wanted it to be a bit more logical, sort of, because, um, um, yeah, I know sometimes, especially sort of with some of the, like, games that have, like, fairly illogical puzzles, like, sometimes it wouldn't necessarily translate that well either. So, um, you know, I don't, I don't know, kind of, I, I kind of wanted to keep it accessible to sort of different languages as well, so there's not really any sort of, weird illogical thing based on sort of puns and stuff too much you know um it's like monkey wrench in monkey island yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah i was sort of thinking of that but i didn't really want to say it. no no i i, I can say it I'll, I'll take the hits no no I, yeah. I love that game i love the monkey island game but that puzzle was like wait what and and my first reaction was how would this work in any other language but yeah yeah because it's obviously just really sort of american and stuff so <laughs> yeah you don't want to kind of you know do something that's just like you know, I don't know, so British or something that no one else would know what it was. You know, <laughs> like, yeah, like I, I just want to, I want to keep it as logical as possible in in that sense. That you know, it's, you know, you've got the animal traits and stuff like that. There's things that you can use against sort of the other characters, and you know, so yeah, I'm just trying to go against the, you know, keep stuff logical <laughs> as much as possible, really. <laughs> right. No, that that make that makes sense, and. Um... And then I just wanted to ask, you said you, you met your husband at uh, when you were working on the Doctor Who game, who the lead. Yeah. I, I hope that, has he helped you much in, with this game, you know, giving any advice or anything? Or have um, you, or well, he's not, he, yeah, well, he's not actually sort of allowed to do any kind of programming or anything like that, because <laughs> uh, he's, he's sort of still working there. So that, that's kind of a thing, obviously, like, you right. know, last so, but he he's been given the go ahead to he's been sort of um, approved to do the voices sort of some of the characters. Okay. Like, so in the demo, sort of all the male voices are, are just my husband. <laughs> um, so uh, uh, yeah, he, he's kind of doing all the voices for the demo because we're just keeping it as like cheap as possible, really, sort of for the demo. Because sure. um, it's all just completely sort of you know self-funded and stuff so far. Um, so uh, yeah, he, sure. so. Yeah, he's not actually sort of been able to help me. Um, I've, okay. I've been using sort of visual scripting though. Um, so I've been working with um, Adventure Creator in Unity, um, uh-huh. which I quite a few other people sort of have, have touched on that before. Um, and um, like when I, when I was talking to people at Adventure X, actually, like a few there's a few people that had used it, which I didn't realise had used it before, and it was quite nice to see sort of you know. Like how many people had used it, and um, it seems like a really good one. Yeah, yeah, it seems like a good setup, especially like if you know you're not like a a sort of programmer at heart, really. You you know you're kind of more art based, and it it seems much quicker as well for setting stuff up rather than potentially you know learning from scratch how to (laughs) program. So it's that's helped speed up the process for me as well using like visual scripting. Um, right, so but would, yes. would, you, would you recommend other maybe people who want to be adventure game developers to to use this, or is there a learning curve to using uh, the adventure creator? No, I mean there's there's always going to be like um 
you know a bit of a learning curve anyway with any software and stuff but um I, I mean i found it quite easy to get to grips with um but you know i've been using unity for a little while but if, you, if you've used unity i'd sort of yeah i would recommend using sort of adventure creator if you if you're not sort of much of a programmer at heart you know so um it, it does help speed up the process sort of for getting stuff working um so it's yeah i would i would recommend adventure creator Okay, that's good. Good to hear. So then you, you mentioned as well about animating and then programming. So do you animate the scenes first or do you then, first of all, program or use the engine to animate the scenes as well? Uh, sorry, I don't know if you've answered this question, but just oh, no, from no, your experience. Uh, yeah, no, what I've, what I've been doing uh, is, because um, there's a few, it's a mixture of a few different programs and stuff. So I've... Mm-hmm. Um, what I've done initially is I've been using like Clip Studio Paint um, for the characters, and I just do like a rough character that's just a static sort of image, and then set up the actual scenes um, without any animation in at all to begin with. So it's just like placeholder stuff. Um, okay. So you can get all the scene working, and then go back and sort out like the final artwork and, and stuff later. So it's, it's very much like wireframe sort of stuff uh, like process to begin with and then just put all the animations in later using uh, i'm using spine for the animation so it's not um sort of um frame by frame traditional um which is another thing that helps speed up the process um especially because i'm trying to do like an oil paint sort of style for the characters i'm uh, it that would just take years and years if i was to like read paint every single frame um so spine sort of you can rig up a character from a 2d um drawing and and actually animate it from that so you can weight it as if you would sort of weight a 3d character and then animate it and then you bring in the spine sort of run times to um unity and it's quite a quick setup then for actually just getting that working and it saves much more time sort of on the animations Right, yeah, so it's a combination of different things that you use. That yeah, yeah. To, to bring these characters to life. No, because the, the game itself, it, it looks really good, you know, with the animations, you know, as I mentioned, him eating the the, the leaf, and yeah. then the, the the thunderstorm, the lightning as well, mm-hmm. which, uh, which, which you know, looks looks really nice. And um, so, so then, with the with the sound, then you mentioned your husband was giving the the voices for the demo. How what was it like uh, directing your husband? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, or, or, I, or giving I, feedback. I, yeah, I mean, I, I sort of found it okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I'm just a bit uh, a bit bossier or. Something. Uh, I mean, I, the thing is, though, like, um, I mean. James obviously had been watching the sort of films that we'd been watching together anyway, so he kind of knew what I was going for in like with certain characters. Um, so right, so that helps then. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's something where he he wasn't sure about doing it because he's he's generally quite a sort of quiet quiet bloke normally, <laughs> <laughs> sort of shy sort of programmer. And um, but yeah, he. He seemed like it was kind of surprising in a way, you know, he felt quite comfortable doing that. But I think it was just because it was just sort of us in the, in this sort of box room recording. Uh, I don't think he'd sort of do the voices sort of if it was uh, if it was like in front of him in public or something. But um, yeah, it was 
yeah, I mean, he seemed to be sort of okay with me directing him. It didn't seem to take that long, really, I suppose, for the demo. Um, it's the sort of thing where you'd need to obviously record much more and, and stuff later, and he wouldn't necessarily be doing all the characters, you know, for for the final game. Uh, right. Um, he's had a lot of good feedback on his voice acting, <laughs> which I think, I think sort of he wasn't expecting um, when we've taken it to shows and stuff. So, um so he, he could oh, voice the main character, yes, you know. That's yeah, yeah, earning of having a job for you. Yeah, yeah. Well, well like, I had quite a few people say they do particularly like sort of Winklebottom's voice. So, um, yeah, I kind of wondered about potentially keeping him for, for Lord Winklebottom. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I just need better recording equipment because it's all been just on like a £30 microphone from a PC world. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> Just uh, yeah, and sort of um, so yeah, it's not it's not like the best quality recording and the room to to do stuff in. So yeah, it's something where you definitely would you know record new stuff for the for the actual final game. Um, so for the final game, you'll be using uh, recording equipment or different recording equipment. Yeah, yeah. So I'll sort of be getting sort of better microphone and stuff, or <laughs> you know, um, also um, for the the demo. Um, there's, there's like um a, there's a there's the screaming goat character in there and that was um sort of provided by Sally Beaumont. Yes, I've I've, I've yeah, she, she's done a lot of things I believe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I sort of met her at Adventure X um last year and um because she she seemed to quite enjoy the the goat character in the demo but at the time I, I didn't it was just a bit of a placeholder thing that I'd put in at the time and I'd. I'd I sort of don't like listening to my own voice, but I just, I just had my voice in it at the time. But um, and um, but she she seemed to sort of like the character and stuff. So um, yeah, I got sort of Sally Beaumont to do the um, the wow, ghost. That's, that's, that's impressive because I, I know that she's a very talented actor. So yeah, so I'm hoping to sort of you know like obviously with the Kickstarter funding and stuff to to sort of get Sally back to do more sort of female characters. And I know she's quite versatile and stuff. So I'm sort of hoping to kind of get a few a few sort of actors in from from sort of you know the kickstarter fans as well to help with uh, the voiceovers um yeah, cool. and uh, yeah, sally's also got her own sort of little recording studio sort of a, a home so that kind of means that the quality is quite, <laughs> quite a lot better as well sort of rather than like a 30 pound microphone that we've got <laughs> <laughs> no, true because I, I, don't know, I saw her and I didn't speak to her, but she was with I think it was John uh, Inkle when he was giving that uh, talk about the dialogue, which was amazing as well. And she and she was doing the acting as well of the dialogue as well. So, but I've since heard she's been in different games as well and different films as well. So, yeah, fingers crossed. Hopefully, yeah, <laughs> and. Yeah. Uh, and and then with the with the music, at least in the trailer, I saw it's uh, very nineteen twenties jazz music. Uh, will will that be in the final game? Or um, that type well, of music? That, that, yeah, I mean that was royalty free sort of um, music that I'd, I'd got hold of. So um, with the, the final game, I am sort of trying to look into sort of getting a, a musician to help with it. Um, it's something where it's just kind of still kind of trying to figure out the exact budget really because. Um, I mean, right. the majority of the funding and stuff will be going for sort of a mixture of other things like translation and voice work and, and stuff, like um, sort of getting other voice actors in. So some of the, yeah, it's kind of trying to figure out sort of um, musician sort of um, 
quotes and things like that really and and stuff so just trying to figure out kind of the pricing and um and at the moment sort of what what would be exactly needed but i am wanting sort of that 1920s slightly jazz style <laughs> to, to sort of be uh like improve throughout the whole game right so, yeah to keep, the, to keep the theme up yeah <laughs> i mean if, if it's either a mixture i just need to sort of look into a few of the, the things because obviously with certain royalty free things that you can pay for it's just i just need to look into different licensing options for that kind of thing but i mean ideally i'd like to get like an actual sort of composer to to work with but yeah it's it's just kind of purely sort of trying to figure out all the pricing and stuff at the moment really <laughs> so see oh, what that, that makes sense yeah yeah it's just uh just trying i definitely want that sort of style music though <laughs> oh, okay no no because i really loved that that music it really does set to set to mood set to tone it's like okay well, i know where i am now what time period yeah yeah um, well, that, that's actually, actually like 1920s music that was. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and do you do you know more or less how long you're hoping the game to be? Now I know that this always depends on the the players. You know how long it takes us to solve the puzzles and that on on what you know how long it takes us to explore because some of us like to explore everything. Imagine mm. most of us. Um, but do you know do you know more or less a uh, time length or is that still too early to say? Um, well, it's it's still like a bit early to say, but I mean, mm-hmm. I was aiming really sort of like for I'd I'd hope for minimum like around five hours really, mm-hmm. which I know like some people might say is a bit short, but it, I I think it also does depend on how long it takes someone to play it, like you said with the puzzles because. It, it's that kind of thing. It's hard to to figure out the the timing exactly because when I've been at various shows and stuff exhibiting, um, the, like the demo itself, like some people have done the demo in ten minutes and then other people have taken like half an hour or more. And it's yeah, it's really hard to sort of gauge exactly. Sure. But yeah, I'd like it to be sort of really sort of minimum like five hours though. So it's not not too short, but not you know. Uh, yeah. Not like. It, it won't be like a, you know, the sort of game that would last for, you know, days on end. And I mean, I mean, you can play it obviously like sort of, you know, over a period of of like weeks and stuff. But I just meant like as in it won't be like a three hundred odd hour long epic. Or something, you know, <laughs> not, not an epic like I don't know Assassin's Creed or Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> no, no, yeah. So I'm I'm sort of purposely keeping. The, the scale sort of within a reasonable amount because I like that so I know would be doable you know <laughs> so uh, yeah sort of like I said minimum sort of I'd say five hours sure. um, no, no, that, that sounds fine because you know people I know some people say oh adventure games you know they're too short but I think you know with the mainly narrative games and if we go to the cinema to watch a film that's usually about two hours yeah um, yeah and, and then with, you know, because people think all oh, the older games were longer, but then if we think about it, one of the reasons is because a lot of these older games, they added uh, more difficult puzzles to stop us from progressing. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and again, as much as I love those games, but I, I, you know, myself, I've been playing a game to have taken, what, two, three hours, and I've loved them because the stories are great, the characters and the dialogue are great, and I would... Prefer something like that rather than having, you know, illogical puzzles to stump us. So, like what you mentioned with the inventory puzzles and uh, to try and get them to reveal information, these mm. kind of things, to me at least, sound sound better. 
kind mm. of sound, even if it's, as you say, five hours, you know, so for me, that that would seem fine, but, <laughs> but, yeah. um, I know some people might sort of sometimes think that that's too short, but I, I mean, you do get some adventure games that go down to like an hour per sort of, yeah. um, so it's, it's, it's sort of personal preference. I think really, it depends on kind of what you're interested in playing really. I think, uh, you know, um, cause I, I sort of play a mixture of games. I, yeah, myself too. Yeah. Yeah, sort of, but yeah, like I said, like the kind of massively like overlong epic sort of games, like you said, like Assassin's Creed. That's the sort of thing that I wouldn't play because it's so long. Because yeah. <laughs> you know you'll probably never get to the end of it because of just not having enough time and and stuff. And you know, unless you're sitting there, sort of, you know, day day in day out, kind of playing games constantly, sort of. Which yeah, I think a lot of people don't necessarily have the time to do, really. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Especially if we have, you know, families or you know, a life. Yeah. <laughs> not, not saying if you play those games, don't have, but you know, because I have friends who've played Red Dead Redemption, and my first question is, how do you have the time to, to, to play kind of all the way through? Which is very, you know, impressive. Um, yeah, yeah. I just don't know how you'd fit it in, really. <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> But but yeah. So uh, wh- when is the the game due to to, to be released then? Um. Well, I uh, I'm aiming for around like sort of May uh, to June next year. Okay. Uh, yeah. So um. Yeah. I did I did sort of originally have April on there on the Steam mm-hmm. page, but I I sort of just ha- I had to take a bit of a break from it for um a few weeks because my husband sort of had to go in hospital. So um. Sort of yeah. Oh, I thought. Sorry to hear. No, that's okay. Thanks. Um, yeah, it's um, yeah, because he has sort of had some heart issues and stuff. So, I yeah, I wanted to yeah, I obviously it wasn't sort of, uh, you know, the forefront of my mind then. So I, I sure I'd, yeah, you know, just to, like take it back a month. So um, yeah, so that's um, sort of around May to June sort of um, time sort of in 2020. So yeah, okay. basically okay. another year. <laughs> then. Uh, okay. No. Well- I'm, I'm sure I speak for many people when I say, you know, take as much time as you need. That's what I tell developers as well. So. Yeah, yeah, it is, I know it's the kind of thing where sort of sometimes with Kickstarters and stuff they do say about kind of, you know, um, I know stuff sometimes runs over longer and stuff. I'm trying to be on top of it, but I mean the main thing, sort of obviously would be, you know, family and stuff when it comes down to it at the end of yeah, the day. Yeah, I, I think so as well. Yeah, the, the, you know, probably you know if you have a choice, you know, like. Yeah. Uh, uh, this cool looking game or a family well, yeah, yeah family yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's kind of uh yeah it's uh so that, that kind of yeah that because that, I, I was going to be sort of like launching the like relaunching the kickstarter sort of earlier but then obviously sort of stuff happened and yeah so i sort of put it off another little bit and stuff so um but Obviously, it all works out okay in the end. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's very that's very good to hear. And uh, well, my my best wishes to him anyway. I hope he's feeling yeah. okay now. Yeah, yeah, he's feeling much better now. <laughs> because we need him to play Lord Winklebottom. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so if nothing else. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, no, just wanted to talk before we finish very briefly about the Kickstarter that you, you mentioned that you. You, re, you know, you relaunch it and you were successful. I've mentioned this a few times on, on this podcast as well. First of all, congratulations. I'm delighted that it uh, was funded and then some. You've met some stretch goals. Thanks so, very much. Uh, so is there, is there any, because I, I know that there are some developers listening who might be starting Kickstarter or who might be 
planning or thinking about starting Kickstarter. Is there any, any advice that you, uh, you you might give to, to people as well? First of all, would you recommend Kickstarter? Because <laughs> I know some other developers say that they don't want to use it, that uh, it's too much stress, too much pressure. I mean, I, I sort of found the first sort of launch kind of more stressful because I wasn't sure what to expect because it was like the first time I'd run a Kickstarter. Um, the relaunch, obviously, like it wasn't as stressful because it sort of reached the goal like in six days. So, well, congratulations! Quite, yeah, which I was quite happy. Thanks. So I was, I was sort of quite happy about that. It felt a bit more of a relief. Um, um, but uh, you know, obviously, you still had stuff to plan and kind of work on with it. But um, yeah, the first one sort of was more stressful. Um, and it's the whole trying to get coverage and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. um, I mean, I, I wouldn't. I, I I sort of would recommend trying Kickstarter. It's just uh, I wouldn't try and let it take over your life too much, though, because that, that's the thing with me. It sort of I felt like it. I was getting really stressed, though, sort of with it on the first attempt. Um, um, but it was also good though because I actually made more contacts through the Kickstarter that helped um, sort of me lower the cost for the next Kickstarter. So. Um, it's like I wouldn't have made the contacts for um, the actual um, translation stuff. So it's like the quotes for translation were much, much better that I got through contacts just through running that first Kickstarter. Right. Um, so that enabled me to like, lower the, the amount and fit in more languages. Whereas the first one, for instance, like the first Kickstarter, the majority of the funding from that would have gone towards sort of the translation and it wouldn't have been able to have sort of many languages in it. Um, so it really helped sort of to just get contacts really. <laughs> so just by running the Kickstarter itself and sort of, you know, the promotion from the Kickstarter and it helps the sort of community building and stuff. So um, I know it's, it's sort of, you know, like discord and stuff is still quite small and sort of, um, but it has helped to kind of build more of community around it. And so even if it, like the first time it does sort of doesn't make it, you know, I would recommend going and doing a relaunch sort of, you know, looking into new options for contacts and stuff like that and sort of just keeping sort of keeping your eyes open for new contacts, really, and, and sort of trying to use it for community building, even if it doesn't necessarily work out, you know, the first time. Sure, yes. Uh, yeah. That, you know, when, yeah. when one door closes, another door opens. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> that's, so. that's like the second one obviously made more money in total than the first one did if i'd have you know if, if i got it so and that helped like i had more backers in the long run sort of on the second one and um, wow, that, that's, that's just, impressive presumably more people than as you've mentioned found out about it yeah yeah so i think it does help to just like kind of add for community building and stuff like that yeah. really and just more contacts in general um even if it doesn't make it it just it sort of seems to help anyway so yeah, so, yeah I, there, there are other options you can try again, and there are there are different ways as well to continue. Yeah, yeah, and I try sort of to tell people not to worry so much because I'm sort of, I've, yeah, I've always been a bit of a natural worrier, I suppose. So uh, it's uh, it's something where I I tried not to so much on the second one. <laughs> um, oh, I understand very well. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, as as I mentioned, uh, c- congratulations. Uh, on that and I'm also seeing uh, that you plan on releasing it for Nintendo Switch and Windows and Mac and Linux is that correct yeah that's still the plan 
Yes, yeah, yeah. The um, the Nintendo Switch sort of version was sort of um, approved. Uh, that was a while ago now. So that was before the Kickstarters were launched because I'd, I'd sort of been registered as a Nintendo Switch developer. So um, okay, it's, yeah. So it's it's all kind of it's not a you know provisionary thing. It's it's definitely going to be on Nintendo Switch um, as well as Mac, sort of Linux and um, Windows. Um, there there is a um, another new platform that, <laughs> that I'm going to be on, um, which uh, uh, I'll be sort of announcing that uh, soon. So I probably will have announced it by the time this podcast comes out. Okay. So I didn't know if I should sort of tell no, you. I, anyway because I, I, probably... I, I can mention it if not. So. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well. Well. Um... I, I can say it afterwards if not. So don't worry. <laughs> yeah. No. That's fine. Yeah. So. Uh. Yeah. It's something that you know I will be announcing sort of soonish, but I just wanted to make sure everything's sort of you know completely. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> everything's signed and stuff. You know. So. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So there will be will be sort of more platforms coming. It's just kind of waiting other things but one's one sort of yeah definitely coming now <laughs> it's sure. just uh, yeah it's just okay. kind of holding yeah. that sounds exciting i'm looking forward yeah. to finding out what it is <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and then i see as well that there's a steam page oh yeah yeah so i've got yeah. uh yeah the demo isn't on steam at the moment the demo is on like itch.io but the steam page is up if you if you want to sort of wish list the game um, yeah, so I'll be sure, yeah. and yeah sure yeah and stuff in the coming sort of weeks and months so um uh yeah and um be hopefully getting the demo onto the, the steam page as well soon um it was just a bit easier to put the demo on each for the like currently for the time right. being um and so uh yeah i'll be i'll be putting the demo on on steam as well though at some point um oh. but yeah it's uh yeah so but yeah it's, it's sort of ready to wish list anyway <laughs> Okay, now that's very good to hear. Now, another fi- final question then is, now, I, I know that it's still very, very early days that this game hasn't even come out. It was still one year left uh, well, before <laughs> you release it. But do you, if uh, presumably, I, I hope this game does well. It looks certainly that like it will. But if the game does well, and if there's a demand for it, would you like to make uh, more adventure games with these characters? Uh, maybe make a series, or do you have other ideas that you would like uh, to do? Or is th- is it still too early, and should I just shut up? <laughs> yeah, um, I um, well, I, the original name, like it, it had like a subtitle on it, um, which was like Lord Winklebottom investigates the the case of the expired axolotl. Mm-hmm. And it had that subtitle on it sort of for, for quite a while, sort of when I first sort of um, was showing the demo at different shows. Um, but um, it was just some feedback before launching the Kickstarter um, that I'd had like from different sort of um, sort of PR people and stuff that they thought that, you know, probably best to kind of shorten the name just to make it a bit easier to, to sort of, you know, when glancing around on the web and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why it would just cut back to like Lord Winklebottom investigates, but sort of in my mind, it's still the case of the expired axolotl, and the idea being that you have different cases. So, you know, if all goes well, um, you know, you'd still be exploring other cases within that universe with those characters. So, um, you know, you have different various cases the same way as like Sherlock Holmes did. Right. Uh, yeah and different sort of things to explore and different places um so yeah it's it's the kind of thing where you'd like to kind of explore more of that 
that sort of animal universe from the 1920s. Uh, uh, so yeah, it's not it's not going to potentially be sort of something that I just want to like do one game of and then just leave. I'd like to sort of continue sort of working on that um, and sort of you know potentially going to like other places and stuff because I, I quite like the idea of like 1920s America sort of gangsters and stuff and. <laughs> and stuff like that you know like with, sort of with animals yeah that sounds yeah, that sounds yeah. Amazing. <laughs> so it's a case of yeah like kind of I, I would like to do other things and um i had like a bit of a bio written up for um the uh it's the detective inspector culver which was the pigeon and uh like that he'd worked on previous cases like the limehouse lizard murders and uh, and the okay. White House Weasel Gang and stuff. So yeah, there's other sort of, you know, things and other cases potentially like from Winklebottom's past or future that you know I'd like to like to explore. You know, so it's not just like the one idea. It's you know, it's quite a few different ideas, but obviously I can't fit them all into one game. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's just yeah. we have you know we have this game. You know we can we can release this and then we can concentrate on 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 the next game because I'm I'm sure it will. I, you know, I'm I'm hoping it will do well, but I'm I'm sure it will because it's very unique. It has a very unique premise. And uh, although although there could be, we have um, you know the detective animal adventure genre could be its own genre because we have other games that well they're not similar to this, but they also have animals like there's Backbone, there's Inspector Waffles, and there's yeah and yeah. There's, now, now this is still you know they're all seem to be very different at least, but we could have our own genre of detect of animal detectives. Yeah yeah. <laughs> Which I am all for so. Yeah yeah, they, I know that, I know there are a few out there, and it's kind of like different sort of different styles to each of them so they're not kind of yes. i know it's uh, it's sort of like a s- slight sub genre but you know like you said it's different styles and like some go for pixel art and then you've got obviously backbone sort of with that sort of noir kind of yes pixel art look and stuff um pixel art <laughs> is something that i've never really done to be honest I've, I've sort of never really like i've always found pixel art sort of a bit a bit hard to do, I suppose, because I've never really tried to do it. <laughs> so uh, I've always been more used to just painting and stuff. So uh, I kind of tried to go for like a different a different style in that sense. But um, right, yeah, because of... this this game from the screenshots, it you know, it looks like a painting, so come to life. So yeah, yeah, I was trying to do sort of like a slightly oil painting kind of style, uh, just because it's I, I've seen quite a few. Um, sort of old style paintings and stuff where it's like animals kind of and other other things kind of like in old style outfits and I, I saw some which were like Star Wars characters wearing sort of cravats and and things as little portraits before I can't remember where I saw them but they were like RTD2 wearing like a you know old style jacket and cravat and stuff and it, it's stuff like that I kind of like that old style painting thing but slightly different <laughs> you know it's just like slightly quirky and a bit odd yeah cool yeah no well well I, I look forward to hearing more about this game i will be talking about it on the podcast once uh, we find out more uh information about it and um so i so I, again like we'll do with everyone i'll let you take take us out then so if there's anything at all that you would like to to mention to to either the backers or other developers or anybody who may be listening to the podcast. So, is there anything you'd like to mention before we finish up? Um, well, um, 
sort of uh, for her, just finger. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and, now you're on the spot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I am. I am sort of planning on trying to sort of continue sort of um, offering different options for pledges. So I'm looking. Oh yes, di- I meant to ask you that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm looking into different sort of pledge manager style options at the moment, because um, I have had a few people get in touch and ask about, you know, saying that they'd missed the Kickstarter, but they'd still like to sort of get involved. So. That's something I'm looking into at the moment. So I'm hoping to have that up and running by the time sort of this podcast comes out. Um, so, um, like I said, I'd let you know sort of if there's if there's sort of sure, any updates yeah. on that, and you can always include them. Um, and um, uh, but in the meantime, um, if you, if sort of people want to follow, um, I'm sort of mainly on Twitter and Facebook. Um, I'm What's on Instagram. Thing I meant to ask you. <laughs> yeah, on Twitter and Facebook, it's at Cave Monsters. And the website is cavemonsters.com. Okay, so you're on, you're on Twitter, you're on Discord as well. I include the links in the show notes, but yeah, I completely forgot to ask you that. So I meant, oh, yeah, thank, thank you for, for remembering. <laughs> so you're yeah, on, I'm on Instagram as well, but um, I don't tend to, sort of, I'm not as much of an Instagram person. I was sort of, um, but that's, that's Cave Monsters games or cave monsters underscore games i'm just trying to remember the, the <laughs> username but yeah i don't tend to go on instagram as much it's sort of it's more twitter for me and right. facebook based so. right yeah. okay well th- thank you for remembering to include that <laughs> I, I meant i meant to ask you that but um but yeah no i really look forward to to, to trying out this game, to it's being released, and and to seeing where it takes us, if we can get more games with Lord Winklebottom, because he already seems like a, a really cool character. So <laughs> Thanks very much. <laughs> so, uh, well, thank you, Dan, very much, Charlotte. I will be uh, including more information once I, once I get it in the podcast, in the news section and that. So, yeah. <laughs> and so the very best of luck, then. I really hope that uh, this, this game, that it all works out. So thank you very much. Thanks very much. <laughs> so that was my interview with Charlotte Sutherland of Cave Monsters. I hope you enjoyed it. And just a few more details since the interview. As I mentioned before the interview, if you want to pledge to Charlotte to help her and support her make the game, you can do so through pledgemanager.com. And I will include the link in the show notes as well. And the, the game Lord Winklebottom Investigates will also be available on PS4 and Xbox One when it is released. And of course, as soon as I get any more news about the game, I will let everyone know on this podcast as well. Uh, So that is it for this week. I hope you enjoyed the episode. And a huge thank you to Charlotte for joining me. I really, really enjoyed her conversation. And I hope to see her at Adventure X and speak to her again. And so next week, I will be joined once again by Thomas Bex, and I will hopefully have finished Gibbous by then, and I can give a full review then as well. So until then, enjoy your weekend, everyone, and enjoy your week. Goodbye. So if you like the Adventure Games podcast, then please subscribe, rate, and review. 
wherever you listen to podcasts, please leave a review on iTunes if you can, as every review helps, and reviews will help get the word out, especially for adventure game developers who appear on the podcast. Now, you can also follow me on social media. You can follow me on Twitter at Advent Game Pod. You can follow me on Facebook at Adventure Games Podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at Adventure Games Podcast as well. And we're also on Discord at Adventure Games Podcast. So if you are a adventure game developer or a adventure game player, you can follow us there. So again, please feel free to retweet and share podcast episodes and the podcast to people who you believe may enjoy it and you can also find more information about the podcast on www.adventuregamespodcast.com so until next time thank you